Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever or whenever you happen to be listening to this. Thank you for listening to this So You're Getting Married podcast. This is a show where I offer personal perspectives to brides and wives, to grooms and guys, on things to consider before walking down the aisle, as well as some lessons that will endure before and after the wedding ceremony. So thank you very much for listening. I'm your host, Abuja-based event and wedding photographer, Tavishima Ayede. In the previous recording, and hopefully I remember to do so in the recordings that came even before, I mentioned that after I um, got to the end of uh, the series on the traditional wedding or the native wedding, I would be making a detour so I can look into some questions that my cousin Charles uh, sent in. The reason why I want to do that is because, um, okay, well, I'm relatively young, um, early 40 early 40s but uh given the family that i come from there are a couple of us that are much older because i have a cousin who's already been married uh 23 maybe 24 years so yes we do have uh, those older cousins in the family but given um the age bracket in the family you would find that there are a lot of um people uh younger cousins not in a relative sense uh younger cousins their friends um, people like that who look to some of us for marriage advice because they're newly married or they're thinking of walking down the aisle so yes relatively speaking I know that I'm a newbie when it comes to this thing called marriage because I've barely wrapped up, uh, I've barely racked up a decade in the marriage business. And so um, when looking at those of you who might, although I suspect anyway, it would be nice to know if there are any of you who've been married 20 or 30 years who happen to be listening to a young guppy um, talk about marriage and relationships. But if you're one of those uh, people, and you've been married 20, 30 years, and you're listening to the podcast, please reach out, let me know. I'd like to have a conversation with you guys. So, um, yeah, so basically, I'm a young guppy, uh, but still, I receive these uh, sorts of questions. And from some of the things that me and my cousin Charles have already spoken about, I can see that there are lots of young men who have, um, well, I say, questions about uh, certain themes uh, relating to marriage and relationships and sex and um, what have you. And so I figured, since I already get these uh, questions uh, on private, I get them on the download, I guess I can uh, explore some of these questions over here on the podcast. They might be of interest to um, uh, to some of you guys. So that's what I'm going to do. We're going to have the Conversation with Charles um, series. And then after that, I will go back to looking at what the formal and the essential requirements for different kinds of weddings are. So we're done with the traditional. When we're done with conversation with Charles, we're now going to look at the uh, the white wedding or the church wedding or the statutory wedding, as I like to call it. When we get to that, you'll see the reason why. I prefer to call it the statutory wedding. Uh, the registry, uh, what else? Um, Islamic Islamic is regarded the same thing as native law and custom, uh, but I don't know much about uh, Islamic law. I did have some uh, limited practice of that when I was based in Kano. There I was working as a practicing lawyer, so I had to appear in Sharia court a couple of times, uh, not on personal or marriage-related matters, but uh, the way it works is you get to the court and there are um, a list of matters that have to be decided. And so um, you actually do get some experience because you're there listening in while other lawyers are prosecuting um, some cases. Um, although, 
um, I will mention that when it comes to the Sharia court, uh, lawyers like us, well, okay, no, I'm not a lawyer anymore. I'm currently a wedding and event photographer. But those of us who had uh, legal uh, training in the university, we didn't necessarily have right of appearance per se. That means um, we're not expected to be in those sorts of places and argue cases uh, per se because in the Islamic courts, they don't have... Um, they don't have uh how do i put it they don't have the office of a professional pleader you can put it that way uh, like lawyers who have to advance um, people's um cases so anyway um that is that so and that'll be one of the reasons why you'll find that in these discussions the islamic perspective will be largely ignored because that's not something that i can speak to um, in my experience, either as uh, with my training in the law or in my own personal experience, because I'm a Christian and um, apart from hanging out with my Muslim friends, I can't say I have an informed perspective about these sorts of things. Anyway, that's some of the preamble. So let me get into the first item of the day. So now, the obvious question is, given that you are um, a guppy in the business, you've only had been at this for roughly one decade who are you to give perspectives on marriage and relationships um i haven't been challenged on that um per se but of course it's something that comes up every once in a while so you're given pers- uh, per- you're given perspectives on uh, marriage and relationships why now, even before I started the podcast, it's something I discussed with patients, that's my wife, because uh, even though I'm interested about all these issues, I felt like um, I did not have the right grounding to talk about these things, because I have some, uh, what should I say, personal defects, I have some shortcomings that perhaps do not make me the best host or the best person to talk about these issues. Now, for one, obviously, I am male. And a lot of these issues that we're going to be uh, discussing are are very sensitive um, as regards to uh, the female experience. And so, um, looking at other programs on TV, sometimes it doesn't come across well when you have a male talking about issues that have very strong uh, implications on... um, how would I put it? Female sensitive issues. Well, I guess I'm not being entirely articulate here about this, but I hope you guys get the point that I'm trying to make. So that's my number one defect. I'm a guy. And then number two, there's a defect from a professional background because I am not a professional therapist. I have not studied uh, guidance, counseling, therapy, uh, psychology, none of those things. So I'm not a professional. I am also not a spiritual director because um, some of these matters that have um, spiritual dimensions to them, they require a certain level of um, spiritual direction, spiritual discernment, and I am not trained in those things. And that's also one of the reasons why I figured that I am not um, qualified to tackle these sorts of things. And then also, um, lastly, I am not an anthropologist. I have not dedicated any time Um, personally or in the university context to studying uh, human beings in society, the nature of family, uh, you know, things like that. I haven't given concrete formal study to these sorts of things. And so because of these 
defects and a whole lot more. I figured that I was not, I didn't have the grounding to tackle these sorts of things and to speak on these um, kinds of things. But patients um, pointed out that, well, first off, people approach us anyway. You know, my friends who are unmarried, members of the family who are unmarried, um, her friends, and both of us have been invited to speak at a church function once. Then we had just had our first son. Uh, I think he was still maybe two years old. Yeah, I think it was maybe two or three years old. Uh, and uh, we were to speak at this church function. Um, it's a church in Guarimpa. I can't remember the name. Where lots of people wanted to know um, lots of things about uh, marriage and relationships and things like that. So the thing is, um, even though we have these, I personally have these shortcomings, uh, patients has pointed out that um, our voice is always sought anyway. Um uh, you know, by those who are younger than us, and she forgot, it's probably um, a good thing to get. Um, it's a good project to to start, and that is kind of how the intro to this podcast came about. I figured I might as well just put it out there, because um, I might as well just put it out there. Uh, because these are things that might come up in the future, objections because I'm not a therapist, I'm not a spiritual director, I'm not an anthropologist, I'm not a psychologist, I don't have a professional background. And so that's part of where the intro came, part, part of the intro uh, came up, that I'm offering personal perspectives only to brides and wives and to grooms and guys. So it's obvious that I'm speaking here from personal perspectives. It's just my hope that I'm able to lend some uh some clarity and some weight to the discussions that we have because i'm hoping that even though my perspectives are not professionally considered i'm hoping that in a relative sense i have given some of these things some thought and so you guys might find uh what i have to say useful um but then again the most important thing <laughs> anyway the most important thing that bothered me about why i would start this podcast is because i think i lack emotional uh, tact to answer some of these things and um, the reason why I say so is because I found that uh, when people approach us directly and um, they have certain issues that they want us, uh, patients and I, to look over to um, talk about with them, I found that sometimes patients and I might have different opinion of opinions. But there are a lot of times that both of us are in agreement about what the course of action should be. But I found that I am in the habit of just making an assessment in my head and then spitting it, spitting it out and just saying, uh, you know what, Chichi, break up with this guy. He's not good for you. But patience, on the other hand, has more emotional tact. She listens. Uh, she's very good at reflective listening. You know, I've noticed that, you know, she'll be listening and, uh, you know, the whole attitude of, um, you know, um, tell me more. Uh, can you tell me more about this? Or oh, what exactly happened here? Are you serious? Did he do this? The idiot. Uh-uh. No, how can he say that? Okay. And uh, what else? And then, and on and on. And so she has a lot of emotional tact about these things. And I found that uh, she might take three, two to three hours of conversation with the person and arrive at pretty much what I would have said anyway. But the person listens to her because she comes at it with more emotional tact. So I think that's the biggest uh, thing um, that I had before starting this journey. That obviously I lack the emotional tact to do these things. Um, patience has more emotional tact. So why would anybody want to um, uh, listen to me? 
So, despite my flaws, why me? Why would I have to offer um, personal perspectives uh, on this? Or why would my perspectives be relevant? So, I'm going ahead with this and I still keep talking to people despite my shortcomings on the matter because, number one, I'm a wedding photographer. So, these things are the subject of my job. So, I'm there when people are in the rundown to getting married. A lot of times people reach out, they're already in marriage prep. They still have, you know, three to six months to go uh, for the wedding. I try to be involved in the sales process. And so, because of that, I end up becoming friends with some of my clients and there are a couple of, uh, you know, we do end up talking about um, stuff. An example is uh, from last year where some of my brides, I was, where some of my brides, um, you know, were quite open with the fact that, you know, now that the marriage is done, it looks like uh, our guy is now not as um, persistent or present or um, what have you. So that's one of the themes that I found in um uh, in 2020, that kind of reoccurred. You know, I'm keeping in touch with my brides and grooms and, you know, the wedding is done. And so the guy is like, well, uh, you know, she's now in the house. I might as well get on to the next important thing and make sure that I rack up this money. You know, And sometimes it involves travel and sometimes it involves long hours at the office. But then the experience is jarring for the female who, uh, for the bride who was um, used to being ardently pursued in the lead up to the wedding. And then now that she's in the house, it's like, okay. You know, she finishes from work and then she's in the house. And the guy's attention seems to be on other things, uh, podcasts or forex trading or going out to chase money or whatever. Anyway, let me wrap up quickly because I've uh, gone on for too long. I think it's close to 15 minutes now. So I'm a wedding photographer. This is the subject of my job. I'm in relationships with my clients. And so uh, on my day-to-day, I am involved. Okay, maybe week-to-week more like I'm involved in these sorts of things. And then I also think that um, as a Christian, the ancient faith has perspectives on these sorts of things. And so, uh, since I try to give the Christian faith some uh, serious consideration, I think I do have some perspectives that are good enough to take into account here. And then I also have personal stakes in the matter because my parents had a challenging marriage. So uh, this thing has been a fascination of mine right from when I was about, um, let me say 12, 12 or 13. I'll say that's when I was old enough to perceive the cracks. Maybe not so because I think that was the time that things really came to a head between my parents. So um, I have been fascinated with uh, these uh, sorts of things, especially since after that when we moved to Lagos, I realized that it wasn't just my own family that was going through these sorts of things. I uh, found out in my new school in St. Gregory's College in Lagos that lots of families are going through all kinds of, you know, uh, wahala um, whether it's divorce or separation or um, violence, infidelity, um, you name it. There's just a lot of crap out there when it comes to marriage. So yes, I have a personal stake in the game. And then ultimately, I think sometimes, I think maybe you can learn something from listening to dry guys like me and not just empathic females like uh, my wife or Wendy Williams or, okay, I shouldn't include Wendy Williams on the list because <laughs> she's just more of a radio DJ and I guess she doesn't have a professional background as well. But bottom line is, um, yeah, you might be able to learn some stuff from dry guys like me, even though I'm not an um, uh, empathic female or is it an empathetic female? If you know what the right thing is, you know, reach out and correct me so I don't use wrong language on the podcast. And then uh, plus, 
since I have a legal background, uh, my academic background uh, was in law before I uh, moved over to the dark side, uh, since I betrayed the law and then started chasing um, photography and uh, other more creative endeavors. Um, he says, so because of my legal background, I have some legal perspectives on some of these um, issues. And so, yeah, so that's it. Uh, am I worthy to give perspectives uh, on these topics? Maybe not because of my personal defects. But however, despite my flaws, I think my opinion would be of some value. And then one question that I do get asked from time to time, will patience ever be on the podcast? Patience is my wife of uh, close to a decade now. I lose track because we dated for four years. And so um, even though we haven't been married for up to a decade, I think I really I think I've known her for maybe I think I've known her for 13 years now. She's been in my life basically 13 years, roughly. Anyway, so uh, I really shouldn't be saying these things on the air because if I do and patience lands a hold of it, she's going to say, see, you don't even know how long we've been married. It means this marriage is not important to you. You don't know how long you've known me. Uh, so that means this relationship is not important. You don't love me anymore, blah, blah, blah. And the usual grief that she gives me. <laughs> anyway, so I guess I should move on and stop saying these things on the air. So will patients ever be on the podcast? And the answer is yes. But that is going to be in a couple of months when she's back from school. She's currently away getting her education on. Um, she's uh, involved in, uh, what will I say? Should I say financial regulations? So she's learning about stuff that is uh, finance and capital market related. And it's uh, something I'm really uh, proud of. Um, being married to a beautiful, intelligent young lady who is uh, interested in uh, furthering herself personally and professionally. So yeah, she's off to school. And as soon as she comes back, she will be on the, mod on the podcast. However, there's one restriction that we face. I make these recordings on my phone. And I think I've mentioned that before. So because of that, we're limited to one mic. It's not going to be easy recording into, making clear recordings into the uh, uh, phone mic. So when Patience does come on the podcast, I'm going to warn you guys that all recordings will have to be done up close and up and uh, personal. So the reason why we're going to do that is not, not because we're trying to show off how in love we are or how intimate that we are. Because really, if this is going to work, she's going to have to be seated right, uh, sorry, to be sat right next to me. Uh, possibly, we have to be within embrace of each other. So we're not doing that to show off how much we're in love or anything. But it's because, really, I've only got one mic. And this mic has to be close to both of our faces um, at the same time. So I haven't come up with the format yet. But uh, don't be surprised if it happens to be bedroom sessions between uh, patients and I. And I will keep it PG. So, I promise to brush my teeth so that I do not kill uh, patients with bad breath. Bad breath, since we're going to be within close head contact with each other. And I also promise to you guys that I will end any recording swiftly if these recordings lead to hanky-panky. Because we are both uh, close to each other. So, that is the first uh, item that we're going to, that we have tackled um, today on Conversations with uh, Charles. And that is... Uh, why you, big bro? I mean, what gives you... Um, how come you're talking about uh, some of these issues? You know, because... Uh, you know, you're my big bro. I know you more for physical fitness and for business and stuff like that. You know, so what's up with you now talking about marriage and relationships and all that? 
And so that's the answer to uh, the question, uh, basically. Um, so yeah, uh, Cousin Charles didn't ask me this one, but I've received that question from some uh, some of the young men in my life out there. So that's the reason why. Yes, you know me for uh, back in the days when I was uh, on the health and fitness craze and of course uh, business, trying to get that money, you know, trying to get that moolah, trying to become that millionaire. Uh, so that's what I've been known for in the past, but this is the reason why I'm talking about these things, even though uh, I'm not qualified. So, um, yeah, so that's it. So thank you guys for listening to the So You're Getting Married podcast. On the next episode, we'll continue uh, with uh, the conversation with um, Charles. I'm not going to give any heads up about what we're going to do next. I just hope you guys uh, jump on, sign up subscribe and uh, let's have these interesting conversations day by day so that's it thank you very much guys for listening uh thank you for your time and attention i will catch you guys on the next episode